Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. No generation in history has ever seen the world seen like it is right now. And Acts 17.26 says that he sets the boundaries of people and nations determining their appointed times in history. Can I tell you something? You could have been born at any time. God could have placed you when he looked into uh, the, the hallways of history. When in eternity past, he decided to create you. He could have placed you at any time. He could have placed you in the middle of the 1800s. He could have put you in the 1500s. He could have put you in the time when Christ walked the earth. But he chose you for such a time as this. He, he called you to himself for such a time as this. He created you, called you, and he's equipping you for such a time as this. And we can look at the world scene. And we can look at the world and the shape that it's in and we can push back and go back and have a tendency to fall back. Or we can say, God, what are you doing in the middle of all of this? And that's really the the dividing line in this generation. Those who are wise, like the sons of Issachar, those who will determine what God is doing, decide for themselves to get the discernment about what God is doing. Those will be the wise ones, while the foolish will just go with the course of what the world is doing in this generation. But I believe he's got something unique. No generation has ever seen this. We're definitely living in unique times. And so you say, where is God in the middle of all of this? Listen, God is sovereign. God is still on his throne. He sees the end from the beginning. Isaiah 46.10. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Psalm 115.3. He sets up kingdoms. He tears down kingdoms. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? Daniel 4.35 Our God is a sovereign God who chose you, appointed you, and put you in this time in history to make history for his kingdom and for eternity. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. You can see this as an interruption in your life or you can back up to eternity and see it as God's divine placement of you in this time. God has an agenda. God has something he wants done. And all of history has been going toward, headed towards this point in history. And so when it says in Acts 17, 26, that he he gives us an appointed time in history, he appoints us in history. There's two Greek words, protasso and kairos. And what those words mean, the word protasso, appointed, it means to order, to arrange, to arrange Towards the word kairos means time, but not like time on a watch. It means an opportune time. It means seasons. It means a moment of opportunity. It means a moment within the moment. It means a limited time. It means a time to be taken advantage of. This is a time to be taken advantage of. This is a unique time. All of history has been moving towards, has been arranging towards, has been headed towards this time. One final definition of that word kairos. It's a kairos moment right now. That word means things coming to a head. And have you noticed things are coming to a head? Things are coming to a head. It may look like things are falling apart, like things are falling out of control. But God sits in the heavens and says these things are coming to a head. 
from the beginning of time. We have all of God's history from Genesis to Revelation. And we're obviously getting closer to Revelation. But we can look and see and say that God has been moving all of this. Listen, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, all of them were appointed in a time in history so that you would be here for such a time as this. I'm looking at a bunch of people right now that were destined, that were predestined, that were pre-appointed, that have their appointed time in history for such a time as this. And these days are the days that the prophet Joel spoke of. These days are the days that Peter preached about. These days are the last days in which God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And you're a part of that. And he wants to take you, fill you, put his words upon you, put his fire upon you and send you out to make a difference in this generation and in eternity. All of history moving towards this point. All of history. Obviously, things have rapidly changed overnight. The nature of the world has changed dramatically overnight. And we found ourselves in a place that we never thought we'd be. But God has saved you for this hour. God has, just like he saved the, the, the wine for the last moment, just like he saved the best for last. He saved the best players for the last hour of the game. Can I tell you something? We are getting ready. We're not just getting ready for the rapture. We are getting ready for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that the world has ever seen. It's going to happen. Can I tell you something? That's not just preacher talk. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you will be here for it. You will be here for it. And this next generation that's coming up, this next generation that's coming behind, their purpose in this world is not to get by. It's not to put on an N95 mask, though I'm not judging anybody. It's not to just put on a mask and hide out and sit down somewhere. It's, it's to stand up and stand out and learn their voice and make an impact in their generation. To do mighty exploits in the kingdom of God before Jesus returns. We're getting ready. All of history has been heading towards one moment and it's this final hour. It's the last days. We're in the end times and Jesus Christ is coming back. And right before he returns, he will have a people of his own possession who know their God, who do exploits, who get full of the Holy Ghost and fire and take territory for the kingdom of God. And if you're somebody like that, come on, put those hands together. Let's take 30 seconds. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We're taking territory. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this room that's setting people on fire, that's filling people with power, and that's sending them out. Thank you for this next generation that you're raising up. You're not raising a bunch of people that are going to sit at a computer screen. You're not going to raise a bunch of people that are addicted to phones. You're going to raise up a bunch of people. You are going to raise up a generation that is anointed and appointed for this time in history. Give them praise. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden there's a line being marked in the sand. There's a separation taking place. There's a separation taking place. People that have oil in their lamps and people that have no oil. You've got a bunch of, and in the religious scene, you've got a bunch of irrelevant preachers that were preaching four ways to have a happy vacation and now nobody wants to listen to them. Listen, the days of casual, comfortable, cultural, no commitment Christianity are over, are over. Have the funeral, kiss it goodbye, and burn, baby, burn. It's over. There are churches that were preaching about nothing, that mocked the Holy Ghost. 
that are shut down now will never open back up. Oh, well, should have been preaching the Bible. But then there are a bunch of people. God looks down. God has always had a remnant on the earth. In every movement, you know, God is always up to something. God is always doing something unique in every generation. And it is the responsibility. Oh, I got an amen on responsibility. Praise God. Let's, we'll get the youth on that. Katie, I'm there. I'm on it. Responsibility. Oh, I didn't mean to quench the spirit. Sorry. Back to the anointing. It's the responsibility of every Christian to find out what God is doing in their generation and be a part of that thing that God is doing. And I know what God is doing, not because I'm super spiritual, but because it's in the Bible, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through, we'll just do 14 through 18. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice. Everybody say, raised his voice. Raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And obviously the context is the day of Pentecost, but you go to victory, so you already know what Acts 2 is. So, heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. A lot of translations clarify that and say it's nine o'clock. Peter's logic for these people not being drunk on alcohol is that it's nine o'clock. Obviously, Peter has never been to the French Quarter because if he would come with me sometimes, I could show him nine o'clock in the morning any day of the week. I'll show him some people who are drunk. Nevertheless, they're about to get drunk on the new wine in Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to switch substances. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. Back to verse 18, on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days. And I don't have titles for my messages, but if I did, the title of this message would be these days are those days. These days are those days. These days are those days that the prophet Joel prophesied about. These days are those days in which Peter preached and said, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. These days are those days in which there will be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost just before the day of the Lord. These days are those days in which there will be signs from heaven. These days are those days in which there will be visions and dreams. These days are those days in which God is raising up sons and daughters who prophesy. What are sons and daughters? That's the youth. That's, that's the next generation. Young people who prophesy. Young people who, who, who see visions. Young people who know how to hear from God, get a hold of God in the secret place, and take them out in the public place and make them known. It's a prophetic generation. God is raising up a prophetic generation that will speak His Word. But in order to speak His Word, they will have heard His Word. A generation that knows how to hear from God and speak the words of God. These days are those days. These days are those days. You know what Pentecost is? Pentecost is a picture of what's possible. 
Pentecost was not just the initiation of the church. Pentecost was God giving us a taste of what he's able to do through people who have no other agenda than to put themselves in a room and say, come Holy Spirit, we're desperate for your power. Come Holy Spirit, we've got to have a touch from you. Come Holy Spirit, just like you promised. Jesus never told those people that they would be in the upper room for 10 days. I imagine some of them left on day nine. I imagine some of them, some of them left on day eight. Well, eight days, that's pretty good. I don't know if they were fasting and they got hungry. I don't know if they had other stuff to do, obligations at work, whatever it was. But they decided it wasn't worth the wait. Jesus told 500 people to go wait in an upper room. 120 made the cut. That means that there are 380, two-thirds, that decided it wasn't worth the wait. 380 people that were hungry, but they weren't hungry enough. But I don't believe that about you. And I don't believe that about this generation. I believe that this generation is part of the 120 that's going to wait on the power to come, wait on the fire to fall, wait on the wind to blow through. And these days are going to be those days. Listen, it's the last days. If those were the last days at Pentecost, then what days are these? We're in the final hour. We're in the last seconds of the last days. And God is pouring out his spirit like never before. It's the curtain call. It's the last scene. We're in the final seconds. The final minutes and God is pouring out his spirit upon sons and daughters. Pentecost was just a sneak preview of what's to come. You know, right before this whole Corona shutdown, we had uh, VCA revival week and I, I was stirred. Something about that just stirred me. I preached a few services in here and as I was preaching, we're talking first grade to eighth grade, I think it was. And so we're in here. And as I'm preaching, just like Pastor preached on Cornelius' house today, as I'm preaching, the fire falls right here in the sanctuary. And a bunch of kids get baptized in the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching. It was noise. It was, it was like a wall of noise. It was like a wall of fire. It was supernatural. This radical presence of God in the room. Fire falling. And all of a sudden, kids, and this is for over an hour. Way longer than their attention span. Kids, sons and daughters, getting touched by the fire of God. I I started to preach through it. I tried to preach through it. I just kept on preaching and it didn't stop. And I just started to sit back and yield and I was watching. And we, we had a testimony that over 40 kids got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I stopped preaching and I told them, listen, I'm not going to do anything to stir this up, but I'm not going to do anything to stop it. And I stood right here like this, just talking a little bit every five minutes or so. And I watched these kids go in the fire of God and just start to pray for each other, lay hands on each other and pray for each other. And they weren't praying some little prayer. They were praying, Father God, in the name of Jesus, touch them with your power. God, we know you're powerful. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Fill them with power. That's the way they were praying. Frankie was working in the, in the, in the daycare. I, 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 she came out and I said, Frankie, you gotta go pray for some of these kids. And she had tears in her eyes. She said, no, they've been coming and praying for me. Kids were going and praying for students. Uh, kids were going and praying for parents. Kids were going and praying for teachers. And I just sat back and watched God pour out his spirit, just like at Cornelius' house. And the fire of God was in the room. The wind was blowing through. And I couldn't have had anything less to do with it. 
God is doing something. These days are those days. You know what I look at that? Just like Pentecost was a sneak peek, a sneak peek of what's to happen in the last days. Moments like that, meetings like that, that's a sneak preview of what God is about to do in our generation. Oh, we had a shutdown and it feels like everything stopped. But I believe God is about to ramp it up. I believe we're about to see an intensity of the firefall. I believe we're about to see a brand new move of God. Sweep the youth, sweep sons and daughters and sweep this generation. You know, there's a demonic agenda against the church, and it really is, number one, the strategy of the demonic agenda against the church is, number one, to shut us down, and number two, to shut us up. Oh, it's not persecution, bro. They're just telling us we can't have church. I would say that they're telling us we can't lay hands on people, but most people aren't even doing that nowadays, so they wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> but now they're making laws where people can't sing in church, so still not persecution or no? So there's a demonic agenda to try to shut us down and to shut us up. I think about in Mark chapter 9. I'm not going to turn there, but in Mark chapter 9, there's a boy with a mute spirit. That they brought to Jesus. And the parent of the boy with the mute spirit said, Jesus, you've got to touch this boy. The disciples were unable to cast it out because of their unbelief. They were sitting there having an argument. They were sitting there having a debate with the religious leaders. All of a sudden, Jesus walked up. It said they stopped arguing and went over to Jesus and greeted him. Can I tell you something? The presence of Jesus exposes the irrelevance of all of our arguing. And in the midst of a country divided, in the midst of all of our arguing and all the political spirit that's going on, the solution is the presence of Jesus. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up and exposes the irrelevance of their argument. And then he comes over to the boy. And the parent of the boy says, listen, you've got to touch my son. You know what I see that boy as? A picture of this generation. There was a demonic agenda against this boy. And, and the parent said that this spirit seizes the boy and tries to destroy him by throwing him into the fire and throwing him into the water. Now, let's just take, if you would, take the fire as a picture of lust. Which is a substitute for the fire of God. A substitute for intimacy with God. A substitute of, I, I gotta have it, I gotta have more, I gotta have it. Lust. This spirit seizes the boy and tries to throw him into lust. And if he can't get him in the fire of lust, it's getting kind of quiet in this Presbyterian church up in here. <laughs> if, if, if this spirit, this mute spirit, is shutting this boy up by throwing him into the fire. If he can't throw him into the fire, he's throwing him into the water. Let's take the water as a picture of normalcy. What is water? It doesn't even taste like anything. It's bland. What is water? You jump in the water and go with the flow. If the devil can't get this generation in the fire of lust, this generation will throw People into a place where they just go with the flow and they say, okay, another day, another dollar, whatever we're doing, whatever we got to do to, to when things get back to normal, 14 days to slow the spread, you know, water, water, watered down generation, a watered down church, a watered down gospel, 
a watered-down Christianity. Into the fire and into the water. You could look at the fire as well as getting fired up about all the wrong things. And what I've loved to see, you know, I, I love, I've thought about this generation having another Jesus movement. And I've, I've dreamed of this generation having another Jesus movement. But you know what never seemed, you know what the puzzle piece never seemed right to me? You, you know the thing that just never seemed right to me? Pastor Frank, Pastor Paris, I know that's in your heart as well. That's something that I've drew. So many people have that. People that are spiritual sensitive. Man, I want to see God do it. God, God pour out in another Jesus movement in this culture. But the one thing that's never lined up to me is... This generation hasn't been unified. The hippie generation was unified. They had a political stance. They have a political cause. Now, all of a sudden, in the last few months, there's a generation that's unified and they're on fire for all the wrong things. It's a substitute for the fire of God and the river of God. The demonic agenda is to throw people into that. But hey, listen, I'm not focusing on the demonic agenda. I'm focusing on the one who wants to throw you into the fire of the Holy Ghost. One is coming after me who's mightier than I am, whose sandal I'm not fit to carry. But he will baptize. He will plunge you into. He will submerge you. He will immerse you into this fire of the Holy Spirit. And the fire of the Holy Spirit burns away everything that's not supposed to be there. He'll put you into the river. There's a river of God flowing from the throne into your heart to make the person of Jesus real to you. He'll throw you into that. The demonic agenda is to put you into a fire that you weren't supposed to be fired up about in a water that makes you go with the flow. But there's a whole different flow when you get hit with the river. That's the demonic agenda. But hey, look, there's a group of people that are rising up that say, I don't care what the devil is doing. I don't care what the politicians are doing. I'm going to get everything has. This is a Kairos moment. All of history has been headed towards this this moment. It's an appointed time in history. It's a moment to be taken advantage of. There's a moment within the moment. And I'm going to lay hold of everything God is doing in my generation. And I'm going to be a part of it. There's a group of people rising up. There's a remnant. Peter. Raised his voice. That's usually not a good thing when Peter raises his voice. Peter raises his voice. But right now, God is raising up people who will raise up their voice. You know what's interesting about Peter? You know, Peter just got up. The fire's there. The presence of the Holy Ghost is there. And Peter stands up and he starts preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Just a couple weeks before he denied Jesus, now he's denying himself and he's standing up and he's preaching about Jesus, preaching a strong salvation message boldly to people. And 3,000 people get saved. You know, to preach under the anointing, Peter probably stood up and said, who in the world is this guy getting up and preaching like this? But you know, people always talk about how timid Peter was and how bold he was after he got on fire with the Holy Ghost. But can I tell you something? God used Peter's personality Peter was actually the most likely to stand up and say something. Peter was always saying something. Peter was impulsive. Peter was rough around the edges. Don't be looking at your friend right now. But listen, I'm telling you something. We all know people like that. I'm not looking at anybody in the room, but I'm just saying me. But Peter was the most likely to get up and preach, but the least likely to get results. But when the Holy Ghost came on the scene and Peter stood up and raised his voice, there was a voice within the voice because there was a moment within the moment. There was something to be seized. There was something to be taken advantage of. And in that moment, it was Peter's moment to get up and say, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, who you crucified. 
very seeker insensitive message. These days are those days. These are the days in which God wants to pour out a spirit like never before. These are the days that will make Pentecost a hint of what's to come. These days are those days. These days are those days. Sons and daughters prophesying. God is raising up a generation that won't be silent. God is raising up a generation that won't be shut down. God is raising up a generation that won't be shut up. He's going to put his voice upon their voice. What does God do? You know, God is not inefficient. God is efficient. When God has a message for the world, he doesn't give a TED talk. He doesn't raise up people that are really good public speakers. He raises up fiery messengers and fills them with his power and puts his words upon them and in them and speaks through them. And when they do that, they have weight upon their words. Peter preaches that gospel message. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is there. He has a weight to his words. Finally, he has something to say and it's cutting to the heart. And when he stands up and preaches that gospel message, people say, what must we do to be saved? Peter called them a perverse generation. He says, save yourselves from this perverse generation before the invention of the Internet. I wonder what he would say about the United States of America in 2020. Save yourself from this perverse generation. And all of a sudden, people are cut out of the heart because there's a weight upon their words. Can I tell you something? He wants to put his weight upon your words. He wants to put a heaviness. He wants to put his anointing so that when you lift up your voice, you can have a confidence to know that heaven is backing me up right now because these days are those days. And I'm one of those ones that's a son and a daughter that's going to prophesy. I'm one of those ones that's a youth that's going to have a vision. That's an old man that's going to dream a dream. And I'm going to see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in an unprecedented fashion right before that day of the Lord. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Pentecost was a picture. It was a foreshadowing of the glory of God being unleashed in the generation right before the return of Christ. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.